It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. Broadcasting live this morning from Pike Nursery at 2900 Johnson Ferry Road in uh, the beautiful downtown. Is this Roswell or Marietta? Marietta. Marietta. All right. We're in Marietta this morning. Mickey Gazaway with me from Pike Nursery, which is always a treat to have her to be mostly the brains behind the organization because when she says it is, that's the way. If you have questions about design in your landscape, you would be ill-advised to ask me anything about design in your landscape and you'd be well advised to come take your pictures and bring them to mickey this morning and say mickey what would you plant here because she will have the ideas and the suggestions of plants that pike carries that would be great for you to use we are very appreciative it wasn't a very enthusiastic clap we had just a minute ago because everybody had their mouths full and couldn't <laughs> have the sandwiches in their hands. But the Chick-fil-A at Woodlawn Square has provided our Chick-fil-A biscuits this morning and the coffee. We do appreciate that. And Chateau Elan has that nice giveaway of the uh, night at the Chateau Elan Inn, as well as two massages. You can take them all yourself, or you can share them with your spouse if you care to. And uh, you can register for that. Only people who come here to the Pike Nursery will be able to register for that. <sighs> did I say all that one breath? I pretty much did, yeah, Mickey. Let's go to the phones. we got lots of people lined up this morning. Lynn is up in Marietta, and she joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Lynn. Good morning. Hey, Walter. How are you this morning? Just fine, Lynn. How can we help? Are there any biscuits left? Are there any biscuits left over yeah. there? Yeah. Ah, yeah. the nice pike lady sits a thumb up. Yes, ma'am, there are. All Come right, us, I'm Lynn. on my way. I had a question on fertilizer. I have... A zoysia that's not green yet, but I did buy fertilizer, and it's 29, 0, and 5. Are those the right numbers? Yeah. They're close enough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I worked for the government for 30 years, Lynn, so I have a right to say that's close enough for government work. <laughs> and um, the thing that I heard, Lynn, that nobody much in the audience was listening to, but I could tell immediately how smart you are, you said, my zoysia isn't green yet, so I'm not putting the fertilizer down yet. I'm just buying it now. That was smart because zoysia, when it's brown, cannot use fertilizer. It doesn't matter how much fertilizer you put down. The zoysia is not going to appreciate it now when it's brown. The same for Bermuda. The same for St. Augustine. The same for centipede grass. Fescue, yes. You can fertilize fescue. But if you wait, I think, uh, Lynn, until the zoysia is at least 70%, preferably 80 or 90% green, that's when it needs the fertilizer. And the 29-0, what did you say? 29-0 and 5. Yeah, that'll be fine. Anything that's up above 20 or so for the first number and anything that in the middle number, zoysia and most long grasses don't need a lot of phosphorus anyway. And the last number, some potassium is good for it. So you're right in the right ballpark. Sure. Well, use that it when was it's a smart man at Pike green. that recommended that, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> well, thank you, Walter. We'll see you in a minute, Lynn. Bye. Bye-bye. Good morning. And we got two, Al in Atlanta, who joins us on Lawn and Garden. Al, good hey, morning, good morning. Sir. How can I help? Okay, I got a, a yard that had a house on it, but it's next to my property. They yeah. tore the house down. It's the the whole property is full of weeds. It's a, at least two acres. I'm trying yeah. to get it under control. What yeah, do yeah. you recommend to kill all the weeds 
and then start growing grass. The problem with two acres, Al, is that is a large mouthful to chew off at one time. Yes. So my preference would be, for unless you just don't have a job and you're independently wealthy so you can spend all your time out there controlling weeds, I would say that we need to work this into about a two- or maybe three-year period of uh, killing weeds. The first thing, mowing. When you mow, Mickey, wouldn't that be the right thing to do first is to mow them all down? Yeah. And then what? What would you do after that with all these weeds? I'd use Roundup. I, I know it's going to take a lot of it, but I think I would use Roundup. Glyphosate, some yeah. kind of glyphosate. Yeah. You, yeah. You, you know this, Al, that Roundup is the old brand name, but there are many, many different things like kills all i think clean up clean up up that pike sells Mm -hmm. much uh, cheaper than roundup is it's the same thing but you want to be sure al that you're not creating any kind of erosion problem so is there any slope to this two acres of weeds yes sir it is all right then that's why we're only going to do this one step at a time you know one area that you kill the weeds use the glyphosate and then um, plant something in there, plant grass if you have a lot of sunshine to plant grass, and then do the next area then the next area, because I just don't want to kill everything, and then the erosion come and wash it all down into the creek, and then then you got big problems then. So let's do it in steps, and you decide how many how many steps it takes. And how would you suggest we grow the grass? Will we buy seeds, or will we let uh, okay, sod yeah. spread, or what? On two acres, seed is going to be the cheapest, yeah. most affordable thing. Does it have a lot of sun out or a little bit of sun? What's oh, going on? plenty of sun. Yes, sir. Wide open. They're Bermuda. I guess Bermuda. Yeah. Yeah. What are some of the brand names of Bermuda? I was Pike trying sells? to think. Z- is, I can't it's remember. It's not Zena. It's, it's Sahara and, U- and Yuma. Zena is, Zena Zena. is a Zoysia. Is it? Oh, a Zoysia. I can't remember what the... Um, Pike has any number of brands and varieties of Bermuda grass. You could just use common Bermuda. Princess 77 or common Bermuda is another one that's going to be less expensive. And okay. spread that out there. Use the Bermuda grass. And Al, the time to do it is just before Kirk says it's going to be 80 degrees tomorrow and the chance of rain is 100%. That is when I want to see Al out there spreading Bermuda seed because that way it washes, it gets, you know, rain into the ground, nice and warm. That'll be around the 1st of May. And it's going to be okay. slow. It's not going to be well, really to fast kill like this. kill the weeds first. How long after yeah. we kill the weeds can we put seed down? Uh, how long after we use the weed killer uh, uh, roundup can we put seeds down? Seven days. Oh, really? Yeah. It doesn't take long. Roundup disappears pretty quickly. And uh, I think if you read the label, uh, most of the products are going to say seven days, and you can spray, kill, mow, whatever it needs to do to prepare the soil. It would be great, Al, if you were to scratch the soil somehow, and I don't know how big your area is going to be, but if you have a little riding lawnmower that you can drag something behind it, a piece of chain link or something like that, and uh, scratch the ground before the Bermuda seed gets put down. That gives the little seeds a place to, to hide amongst the cracks that you've made by scratching the ground. That would make things a lot better, I think. But again, 80 degrees tomorrow, not, lots of rain. That's the perfect conditions around the 1st of May for planting Bermuda seed after you've killed weeds in sections, and we'll work on that. You work on that at whatever schedule you want to. Al, i got to go because we got Jim on line, and Jim has a question about his zoysia lawn this morning. Hey, Jim. Good morning. Good morning, Walter. How you doing? I'm all right. What's up, Jim? Well, I bought some Venus uh, zoysia a couple of years ago, put it down in my areas that were a little bit problematic already, under trees and in a little more shady areas. And 
if I cut it five times in the summer, that's a lot. And I'm just wondering, yeah. what can I do to get it stimulated so it'll grow some? It just doesn't seem to want to grow. And uh, uh, there are areas that have gotten uh, bare in the yeah. middle of the, uh, the sod. And I'm just wondering, does that grow from the roots or does that need to be reseeded somehow? How much How much sun does it get, Jim? Uh, maybe a couple hours. Even oh. the areas get a lot of sun around the edges. Yeah, uh, don't seem to want to grow a lot. Grass doesn't grow in the woods. No, grass doesn't grow in the shade, and your zinnia is somewhat shade tolerant, not, but not, not deep shade. Not a couple shade. of hours. Uh uh-uh. uh, not going to happen, Jim. Does it need to have full? I mean, uh, bright sun on six, it or under the six, trees? Okay. Six I mean, hours of full sun would be fine. Yeah. Under yeah. trees, ew, eight hours of bright, bright shade underneath trees would probably be okay. But it needs to be bright shade. I don't want shade underneath a magnolia tree or underneath a big <laughs> maple or an oak or something that makes it real deeply shaded. That's not where zoysia is going to grow. As Mickey said, it does not grow in the woods. And it has to compete with the roots as well as with the uh, the, for the sun yeah so that yeah so jim you you've got another problem you need to think about other things that will grow in the shade and there are a number of things we were looking just a minute ago mickey and i at a little plant called chrysogonum or green mm-hmm. gold is another name for it and we like chrysogonum a lot because it covers the ground it has little yellow flowers right now there are native pachysandras. Uh, what else, Vicky? Would be a nice shade-loving ground cover. Jim could use. I like vinca minor. Vinca minor. Some people call it a little invasive. I don't think it's that. The vinca major is invasive, yeah. but I don't think the vinca minor, minor is. is a little periwinkle vine. It has little blue flowers on it in the spring. Real pretty little vine. You could use that in the shade. Okay. Mondo, Mondo grass, grass in the shade. One yeah, of our audience members says Mondo works. Yes, indeed it does. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Not what you wanted to hear. <laughs> Jim was, he was thinking about all that, writing it all down. Because I promise you, zoysia grass is not going to grow mm-hmm. in the shade, nor Bermuda for that matter. Bright shade, we can go with gradations of how much shade zoysia and some of the tiffgrand, maybe Bermuda could I use. I talked to the growers about that, and he I said at least four hours. Four hours. He had at least four hours of bright, to get a bright sun. A bright bright Bright, sun. bright, bright <laughs> yeah. shade, bright sun. Yeah, yeah it's got. Yeah. I mean, grasses are gotta have sunshine. That's what they eat is sunshine. Kathy's in Cartersville, Georgia, and joins us. No, Kathy, let me put you back on hold. I just looked at the, at the uh, clock right here and noticed that it's seven eighteen. And if it is seven eighteen, that means you're listening to Lawn and Garden, and we'll be right back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, truck mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Come back to Walter Reeves for the lawn and garden advice you need. Do that again. Increasing chances of rain over the day and then tomorrow as well. 80% chance of rain tomorrow. So if you get your gardening done today, you can rest tomorrow and do much of anything you want to do inside the house. We're broadcasting live this morning from the Pike Nursery at Johnson Ferry Road. We've got lots of stuff to give away as well as Chick-fil-A biscuits for the first 100 people who get here. And we're going to give away the weekend prize pack. Ashley Frasca is thinking of a number between 2 and 7 that will determine... Who is going to win a pair of tickets to see Menopause the Musical? 
ladies. Menopause the Musical, April 1st at the Cobb Energy Center. A pair of tickets to the Bud Light Concert Series featuring Brian Adams, April 16th, the Verizon Wireless Amphitheater, produced by Live Nation. If you are the HD Fresca. Fifth caller. If you're the fifth caller to 404-741-0750, fifth caller, you get to see Menopause the Musical, something that I will never experience, and Brian Adams as well. It's funny. It is a funny musical. I will take your word for it. Okay, you didn't say it is. I guess it is. By the way, if you don't get your question answered today, you can always go to my website, WalterReeves.com, and there are a lot of things you can do there to get updates throughout the week. I have a Facebook page where I update once every day or so and things that I see in the garden, things you ought to be doing in the garden. I have a Pinterest page, which is devoted to nothing but weed identification and control on Pinterest. On Twitter, I tweet the same amount of time as I do the Facebook thing. You can sign up for the WSB Georgia Gardener. We call it the Georgia Gardener Newsletter. And last week, what did we have this past week? We had uh, gold medal plants, a list of the best gold medal plants for Georgia. If you're considering planting things this spring, a lady who had a fig that she had cut down to about one foot high and had lots of sprouts, what should she do about that? A guy who had a peach tree that was way, way, way too tall and wanted to know how to cut it down to six feet high. We have all sorts of information in this email newsletter, and it is completely free. All you have to do is go to WalterReeves.com. Click on the Follow Walter buttons for the Facebook, for the Twitter, for the Pinterest, and then up at the top right-hand corner, subscribe to Newsletter. Easy, easy, easy to do, and you get all this information for free. Pike Nursery, where you garden without guesswork, is a great place to come to as well. Again, we're at Johnson Ferry Road, and we still have some Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A biscuits, a thumbs up over there. All right, Chick-fil-A biscuits and coffee and a well-fed and jovial crowd here this morning if you'd like to join us. And you can also sign up for the uh, Chateau Elan weekend as well. 404-872-0750. Eliminating pompous grass from Joel. Kathy wants to know how to fertilize her asparagus plant. And uh, DJ wants to know about trimming roses. Kathy, stay tuned. But you'll be first in line right after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. Coaching, coaching my audience to know when to clap. 404, well, you don't know, you don't need to know the number. 404-872-0750, the number on Lawn and Garden. The audience is here because we're at the Pike Nursery in Johnson Ferry Road, the East Cobb location. We got Chick-fil-A sandwiches, Chick-fil-A biscuits, I should say, Chick-fil-A coffee, the Chick-fil-A at Woodlawn Square. We do appreciate their sponsorships this morning because we like to be fed. There's a lot of happy people right here this morning being fed by the Chick-fil-A folks. Every Saturday at 7.35, Ashley Frasca has been out in her landscape in the previous week. She brings us the weed of the week. We decided to make something out of it rather than her just asking me during the breaks back in the studio. And there are so many. There are hundreds in my yard right now, I'm embarrassed to admit. So that means we have hundreds of weekends of talking about the weeds of the week. Oh, we could take this till the fall. Easy. So what do you got this weekend or this this Saturday? This Saturday is a pretty common one. Most people can identify wild strawberry. 
Yeah, sure. Grows in my yard and kind of shady places, maybe areas that stay a little wet. Um, right. And right now, some of them are sprouting those small yellow flowers, which is soon going to become a strawberry, right? Right, right. And that's the difference between the, some people call this Indian mock strawberry or wild strawberry, another name for it, but they have yellow flowers. But it's a, the real scientific name is Potentilla. It's not even kin to the strawberry that we eat, but it has that little bitty fruit, and you have probably eaten one, Ashley Frasca. Not a wild one. I don't trust them. Too many squirrels oh. and birds in the yard. Oh, they don't have any taste. Mickey, you've eaten one. No taste. No taste to them at all. They're not poisonous or anything like that. Not going to kill your dog or your cat or your kid. But the uh, wild Indian mock strawberry that we have in yards, like you say, actually, everybody can identify it. And, I mean, if you have ever tried to pull one up, it's easy to pull, isn't it, Ashley? Oh, very. And they grow in small little clusters. So once you yeah. find the base of it, you just yank it out in one big piece. Yeah, yeah. And frankly, for a lot of people, that's about all you need to do is just yank them out and don't worry about it too much. They're an annual plant. They come back from seeds usually every year. That fruit that you see on it has lots of little seeds that sprout each year. And so they're shallow-rooted, easy to pull up. If you just have to spray with something... Um, any of the commercial broadleaf weed killers, yeah. the Bayer, the Bonai, the Ortho, any of those would work just fine. Just a spot spray here and there, though, is really all I think is necessary. Pulling, probably the easiest thing to do. But the Indian wild strawberry or mock strawberry is one of those ubiquitous weeds, shady places, just like you said, Ashley, and easy to see. Where would we see some pictures of this? Every week I'll upload new pictures of the weeds we talk about. So if they go to wsbradio.com, our website, just type Weed of the Week in the search bar and you'll see the photo album and week to week what pictures we post. We'll have weeds, and you can go back and look and see if you have that weed last week or the weed that uh, was three weeks ago and see if you still have it. And we won't have a whole lot of control. Or Are you putting control stuff on there, Ashley? Um, not really. I mean, me, I am a manual person. I just pull them all <laughs> manually. So I could put that as a little asterisk at the bottom. Pull if you care to. That's what we'll do. Ashley, thanks so much. Thank weed you. Weed of the week, the wild strawberry. Kathy's with us this morning. We're out in Cartersville. She's been very patient. Kathy, hey, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, How can we help? Well, I have a question. I planted some um, asparagus uh, plants last year, and it said yeah. not to harvest them, I think, for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. And so I had one come up already, and it's about the size of a pencil, maybe Good. a little smaller. So I guess the question is, I don't know how should I fertilize them, and how do I know when I'm supposed to harvest them? I would eat that one, Kathy. <laughs> That's what I did. I did I, cut I it. Would, yeah, cut. all right. Good for you. There is no sin. I mean, dessert first is what I say. And yeah. if you fertilize correctly, which is pretty often and pretty heavily, if you fertilize correctly, you will have more sprouts as the years go on. And even this year, you're going to have more sprouts, too. So how do you know? There are various techniques of knowing how much and when and a third here and a half there. Mickey, do you have a, a rule for asparagus harvesting? What I understood was that the first year you don't harvest them at all. The second year oh. you harvest No, well, I'm telling you all what right, they say. Right. Um, the second year you do them as long you can do one harvest, and after that you can harvest them as long as they're bigger than your finger, your little finger. Okay. Little finger on there. Yeah, okay. and then... Um, 
you put the rest of it goes back in into the plant. And making furniture. And you know, I think, Kathy, that, that little sprouts that you do leave finally are going to develop into these real tall, ferny, attractive, really, really right. looking parts of the plant, right? Mm-hmm. And if you have a male, you won't have the flowers. If you do like Mary Washington or some yes. of those, you're going to have flowers in there. What variety out. did you plant, Kathy? I don't know. I, I don't, one I don't Jersey the Night. On there. Yeah. It's a real good one. The ones that are best, the ones that make the biggest spears, are not the old Mary and Martha Washington, but Jersey Night that Pike sells is great. There's a couple of okay. Purple Passion is another one. And there's nothing wrong with adding more asparagus to this bed over the years and uh, and just have a lot of them. And, you, again, I mentioned fertilizing heavily and often is about right. Use the right uh, you know amounts that are set on the fertilizer bag, which you can get the what E.B. Stone of- stuff. That, E.B. Stone, can- get the E.B. Stone uh, fruit and vegetable of- fertilizer yeah. they have here at Pike. Okay. And do it about once okay. every six weeks or so. Water it in real good after you fertilize it. About every six weeks, you should have some jam-up-looking asparagus real soon. Should I put the fertilizer, like, next to it or on top of it? or uh, just... Scatter it, sort of. You know, it has a big crown when you plant it. It had all those roots that spread out in the ground around. So just sort of scatter, sprinkled on the ground around the plant. Okay. Okay. All right. I'll do that. All right. And we well, forgive you. you for eating that first spear. Oh, I would have done it, too. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> would have done that first one. Come on. We're going to eat that one. Thanks for calling, Kathy. Thank you. 404 Get you in to take Kathy's place. Joel is out in Athens in the classic city. Joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Joel. Good morning, sir. Good morning, sir. What you got? Um, the driveway to my house has two rather large pompous grass and we're talking about when when they grow um about six feet tall and over six feet in diameter um they're not very uh attractive plants so my wife is looking at replacing them with two flowering trees but the complication is i've got to figure out how to get rid of the pompous grass first Hmm. so that i'm able to plant something in its place and it actually grows got it my neighbor, my neighbor Ed, he believed very strongly in kerosene and a match. <laughs> and if I'm not mistaken, Ed would take a dance, and he would dance around his famous grass in the spring as he did his little thing. It never killed it. I mean, it didn't kill the famous grass at all. He just liked fire. So uh, if you care to follow his his uh, example then you'll have a little celebration there and the fire department comes out and they have a little celebration too so after you pay your fine yeah, right after that <laughs> right right um ed or joel i mean here's what i would do um the clump now is how tall have you pruned it at all or still six feet tall uh, i actually took the chainsaw to it last weekend and right. uh i cut as far down as i felt comfortable you know, put my yeah. chainsaw because it's got yeah. a lot of brush in there, and it's still uh, above knee high. Get a machete. Mm-hmm. That's your next job. Get a machete. Just go out and chop the, chop it down as best you can. And once okay. you've got the machete and gotten it down to about four inches high, you can get your lawnmower and take the lawnmower over the top of it. And you know how you can sort of push down on the handle of the lawnmower to lift up the front and then slowly lower the front into the clump of pompous grass. Right. I've done it before with weeds and things like that. Do that with a lawnmower. So you got it down almost to ground level. 
when you've got it almost to ground level, then I would spray it with any of the non-selective weed killers, Roundup and uh, Kills All and Cleanup and things like that. And if a little bit of it escapes, it's not going to be much from all oh, this right. mowing and, and weed killing on there. And not with the kerosene, that's not, not really recommended. But uh, the trees you plant, I'm sure it'll be a lot more beautiful and a lot less care than the pompous grass. So do what your wife wants you to do. All right. That'll work. Thank you, sir. All right, Joel. Have fun with it. We'll see you soon. All right. Now, we're not going to talk about the Christmas tree. Oh, we will talk about the Christmas tree. One of the things that I used to do, I don't do this anymore, was take the Christmas tree every year, and sometime around about right now, when it had rained and there's not any chance of setting the woods on fire, I would put it in my backyard and soak it with lighter fluid and then put bottle rockets in it and then invite all the neighbors to come over. And I said, we're going to have a lot of fun, but you better have some place to hide. And they say, why? And I would light that tree and it would go up in the air. And all the bottle rockets started going off, wee, wee, woo, woo, through the woods. And all the kids would scream and yell, and the parents too. And we'd get behind pine trees to hide from the bottle rockets. And I only had to pay one fine, and I didn't set anybody's gutter, gutter uh, pine straw on fire, and I hit my neighbor's back door carport, which he still doesn't know what that big noise was and hit his carport door. But that was... That was my bottle rocket. We go to the phones now with DJ in Norcross. Hey, DJ, good morning. Hi, Walter. Got well, a what question can we do about for you? some relocated rose bushes. Talk to me. Talk to me. Uh, I, I moved them so they could get a, little, a couple more hours of sun every day. They're a little spindly now, and I wanted to know if it was okay to chop them, cut them back now, or should I wait till after they foliage? Give us more history. Mickey and I both want to know how long it was since you moved them, how big they were. Give us some more, more, more. Um, I just moved them last week. Uh, They are about three feet high, I'd say, but a little thinly. It's not like a full bush. And were they large before that? You pruned them down, or were they always three feet high and you moved them? No, I think they were, they, they've been just, kind of let do what they want to do for the last couple of years. <laughs> All right. Mickey and I are going to look at each other for a minute by mental telepathy. You're going to figure okay. out what to say to do. Mickey, you go first. Well, I have two things. All right. Go One first. thing is I like to leave the leaves on something because the more it can photosynthesize, the more it can put energy back into the plant that's one side the other side is if you cut the leaves off there's not as much for the leaves to support true so um i'm going with number one yeah i i usually leave things on there if i can yeah at this point it's got it's it's already been harmed dj by you digging it up and moving it and the leaves actually are part of what determines how many roots get made because they have hormones and buds and all the things that make things uh, sort of get started on it i'm inclining to Mickey's first advice, leave it alone and we'll trim it if we have to in midsummer when it's established. And try some try some of the root starter or one of those on there um, to put root growth on before you put top growth on. Yeah. That's, that's your okay. goal because you've lost some roots. So that's what I would do. That was kind of my thought since I'd already traumatized them by moving. 
Let, let play him, him some him. music or something. Yeah, play him some break. music. Be nice to him, yeah. DJ, or, or hum, or sing, or, or you know, go out there with the radio. Let him listen to me on Saturday mornings. That's always therapeutic. And do something nice for those roses. I very, feel very sure they will come back for you. Look really good by the middle of the summertime. It's seven forty-nine. We'll be back right after this. <laughs> This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. It's going to be partly cloudy and the chance of rain throughout today, a bigger chance of rain tomorrow. Highs today in the low 70s. Highs tonight, or lows, I guess, tonight would be in the mid-50s. And then again, rain, as I said, tomorrow. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes. And by the way, tomorrow you can pick up your Sunday edition of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution and find out what will be the effect of all the laws that were passed and some that were not passed by our legislators. We can finally let go of our wallets. They are finally out of town after 40 days. Sign a day. Sign a day. Uh, Juanita is in Dallas. You're on News Talk WSB. Juanita, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How can I help? I would like to plant um, cucumbers, squash, okra, green beans. Is it too early? It is, yes. It is very definitely too early. You just want to go out and do it, don't you, Juanita? I've always heard. Wait. But wait, Juanita. Even though it's too early to put it in the garden outside, you can come to Pike and get those little peat pots and get a little greenhouse dealy. That you can plant from seed today. They'll be up and about and about the right size when it is finally time to put them outdoors, which will be around the first or second week in April. So you're fine for planting inside right now. Just don't plant them outside yet. Okay. The soil is still cold I always outside. heard this Good Friday rule. <laughs> but this I is an early Easter this early. year. Yeah, really yeah. early. Early Easter this year. We're going to take that into account. But, yeah, you can plant them inside. Keep them in a very, very sunny place. Do not try to do it in any kind of shade. It needs to be in the sunniest window you have. And they'll be up and three or four inches tall by mid-April, and that's when we plant. Mid-April. You got it. Thank you. You pay your taxes, and then you plant your tomatoes. Yeah, you pay your taxes and plant your tomatoes at the same time. Great rule. Great rule there. 404-872-0750 is the number on Lawn and Garden. We're broadcasting live this morning from the Johnson Ferry location of Pike Nursery. We have Chateau Elan certificates to give away. If you're here, you can register for it, and only people who come to the Pike Nursery get to register for it. Thanks to Chateau Elan for that and to the Chick-fil-A at Woodlawn Square. We do appreciate the Chick-fil-A's that have made everybody happy this morning as well. We'll be back right after news.